Welcome to Belief Beat. I'm John Horner-Eibler. I'm one of the pastors at Unity Lutheran Church. Thanks for listening in. Get comfortable. Let's talk for a little while. As we continue with Stay at Home, one of the most affected groups, well, I guess everybody is an affected group, but maybe one of the most affected groups is school-aged children and their parents. All of our usual patterns and schedules, they just look different now, and school looks very, very different. But maybe one of the things that looks most different is physical activity and physical education. Adults, not just parents, have become more active or less active as a result of stay-at-home, and the education part of physical activity has never been more important. I mean, when you think about it, phrases like lifelong learning and healthy living emotional intelligence, fitness, uh, all of those are just taking on, I think, a lot more significance for people, uh, as is um, everything related to both uh, being physical and learning uh, as people. So with that in mind, we're really fortunate to be joined by two of my favorite people, Michelle Bond and Joel Nellis. Uh, they are a physical education teachers and they're members here at Unity. And one of the things that I, I really appreciate about them is they're both uh, really dedicated to their craft, which I think uh, uh, for any professional, to me, is a, is a high compliment. Uh, they're just very aware, and they bring uh, a genuineness to the, the people that they work with and, and interact with. So, uh, Michelle and Joel, I'm really happy to have you with us today. Joel, by the way, uh, to give you a little uh, sense of who Joel is, he's a physical education teacher and head football coach at Brookfield Central High School, and he's taught in the Elmbrook School District his entire 13-year career. Uh, Michelle is an elementary physical education teacher, uh, teaching kindergarten through fifth grade students. This is her eighth year at Tonawanda Elementary School, uh, but she's been teaching in the Elmbrook School District uh, for 18 years. Uh, again, it's really cool to have both of you with us. Michelle, I know you miss your students, and uh, you're probably still seeing a lot of them uh, over the course of the lead. But as you think about all of this, what have you learned lately about uh, either teaching or parenting? And how might any of this make uh, us better parents in the midst of all of this? I've learned how important uh, my career is to me and how that's such a big piece of me and how once it's taken away it's really hard um, to find that balance and so that took me probably a month and now we're finding the balance finding out what works um, our family's getting on track a little bit better um, but as far as the parenting piece of it uh, I have quite an age gap age gap I have three different kids I have a 15 almost 16 year old I have one turning 13 um, in a couple days and then I have a five-year-old um, so finding that balance of what's gonna work and kind of letting things go um, so you know the high schooler is gonna sleep in a lot later so in the morning I take advantage with the younger two children on activities that we're doing whether it's schoolwork or physical activity getting out on a walk and then once the high schooler wakes up um, you know we focus more on what he needs to do and then more than ever we're just taking advantage of our family time um, and being such a busy family with sports and activities we are making sure we're cooking together and actually really trying to focus more on cooking cooking healthy 
um, and just experimenting with that while we have time. So I think that's made us better parents. But um, as far as the teaching goes, it really has taken some time to figure out what works. Um, and as I was, you know, learning about Zoom, we've learned um, Zoom has become a very huge part of at least our school district and um, being able to make that one-on-one -on -one contact with kids. It took you about a month to kind of find your sense of balance and all of that. So as a parent and lifelong educator, it, it didn't like come naturally to you either, huh? No, and I've learned that I'm gonna have like really good days and I'm gonna have okay days and then there's gonna be bad days. And on those bad days, I just try to get through it. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. This is a tough situation. Hey, Joel, um, kind of going along the same vein, uh, Michelle has kids, you have kids, uh, you're both teachers. Uh, um, say a little bit more about how you've stayed sane through all of this for lack of a better way of putting it. Yeah, I would agree with Michelle in the sense of that it took some time to get used to. Um, none of us signed up for uh, this. You know, there are definitely educational opportunities to teach online classes and online school, but, you know, the, the ones that are doing it, um, you know, willingly, they, they knew what they were getting into. And for us, we we literally flipped on the, on the drop of a hat. You know, we came to school on a Friday and said, this is how it's going to work. And then, you know, the next week we... We rolled out an online curriculum and the, <clears throat> the crazy thing about Elmbrook is that we have missed zero instructional days um, throughout this entire process, you know, and I think we're uniquely equipped to handle that um, because of the technology that we have in place. I know a lot of districts don't have some of those capabilities, um, but, you know, I think like Michelle said, it took some time because in my, in my household, just like Michelle's, we have five classrooms going every single day. So, um, classroom that I have. My wife has a fifth grade class. She has to manage my son's in fifth grade, my daughter's in third grade, my son's in kindergarten. And, you know, trying to coordinate all those schedules, get the help that they need. And I think it's, you know, staying sane is at some point just really having to, to stop what you're doing and get away. And, you know, there might be emails to respond to, things to do, but you just have to stop and get outside. You know, we jokingly call it recess just to kind of keep the same terminology is hey we're going off for recess like you know let's get out of the house um so you know i think for parents listening at home that are like oh how do how you know but you guys have it so easy or you guys are teaching like it's still a struggle because we're trying to navigate um you know the different learning styles and and um struggles that our kids have in terms of learning and, and it's interesting and eye-opening to see kind of how they function in that setting you know and when they tell you no school was tough today or i didn't like this you can kind of see those things now <laughs> um with you know how they may handle a certain subject so um yeah i mean i think you you have to find times to take a break and you have to know what's important and um there just may be flat out times when not everything gets done and, and that's okay you know i think people understand the uniqueness of the situation and and teachers are more so than ever willing to work with you and be flexible because this is an unprecedented time. I'm, I'm curious, this is for either of you, but do you find yourself, uh, is it harder to like turn it off 
than it is under normal circumstances? Do you feel like you're kind of on duty, both as a teacher, I've, I'm sure as a parent, but I mean, even as a teacher, teacher, do you feel more on duty than you normally are, or, or have you been able to keep that contained? I um, have felt like everyone is very respectful of our time. I think the parents in our district are wonderful. Um, if they have a question, they might send you an email. They might text you if they have your number. Um, but for sure, I have not had anyone make me feel like I'm losing a bunch of time. Um, we have our office hours every day, so that's a great time to contact us. Um, but it's it hasn't been anything different than at school as far as the demands of my time. I really, I think for me, I feel, you know, I think there's part of me that just has, you know, that little bit of guilt, like, hey, you're still getting, you're still getting paid to do a job that you normally would do at school, but now you're at home. And I think for me, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm honoring that agreement, you know, that I'm still fortunate enough to be in a position where I'm getting paid and I never, really want anyone to question, you know, what my value is. So I think that for me, sometimes it is hard to turn off. Um, I want to do and go sort of the extra mile because I know that certain kids are doing, you know, have different situations and I never want anyone to look at the teachers and I don't think they would, but I, I just, you know, we've been through a number of things in our state and in terms of, you know, how legislation has gone in different times. And so I just always want to make sure that I'm, I feel like I'm as engaged as possible so that people know that I'm not, um, you know, using this time as, you know, being off or things like that. Like I'm actively trying to, and I think in a physical education position, it could be easily viewed that way. And I just want to continue to go above and beyond what we're doing so that people know that um, we're still trying to be, you know, the best educators we possibly can be in this, in this difficult time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate both of you and what you do all the time anyway, I think for a lot of parents I've talked to, there's this dawning awareness of, of um, not only how hard it is to teach, but, but how much a part of their kids' lives teachers really are. And I've just been, uh, our neighborhood now a couple of times has done things for the Brookfield Elementary uh, School teachers, little drive-throughs and things like that. And that's just been really authentic and exciting to watch kids see their teachers. Uh, it's, it's been really cool. Uh, so I, for one, uh, sure appreciate the two of you and everything you do on a regular basis. Joel, as, as long as you were talking about that, though, uh, so there's, you know, uh, uh, kids play at home, and that can be a break. Uh, you use the vocabulary of recess. I guess I'm kind of wondering about the education part of physical activity. I mean, that's what you would be teaching normally. Uh, share a couple tips with us on how uh, parents and kids, or just adults in general, can still be learning when it comes to physical activity. I think that, you know, the nice thing about now is you can kind of, I think, just you know, we always talk about diverse or um, sort of adapting or personalizing education. And I think the, the nice thing is that you can still try to do is, you know, find out what your, your son or daughter likes to do the most and try to capitalize on that. Because I think that sometimes we all lump our kids together and whatever the most, 
you know, popular thing is, or whoever the oldest is, you know, takes control and then you kind of live with that. I think we're finding that, you know, the, the goal of what we're trying to do in physical education is really find one to two activities that you can continue to do for a life. So I think that, you know, sort of that discovery piece of, all right, let's try, you know, like for example, my daughter started biking the other day and my son wasn't quite as good at it, but like, hey, okay, Monica, you and I are gonna go for a bike ride. You know, we're just gonna find that time to sort of connect. Um, and then it's also really a matter of, you know, how far can they go? So I think there's some sort of, you know, exercise capacity that people still need to kind of challenge themselves. And, you know, my daughter taking a little longer bike ride or, you know, my son, we got to get him out moving a little bit more and kind of what those, what those things are and, you know, just push it so that kids kind of like they're staying in shape and just kind of hitting the bare minimum. I think that's the important thing to How about you, Michelle? What would what would you say to that particular question? Yeah, I am um, piggybacking off of Joel. Um, the time issue is at our advantage, I think, here. So making sure that when you're done with schoolwork or when you're done with whatever for the day, or maybe, for instance, my spouse comes home, we try to then utilize that time and make sure that we're doing something that everyone enjoys. And that's the huge key. Um, you know, every once in a while, we will make some of our children do something they don't like but you want to make sure um, in order to make them have the buy-in and continue to be active that you're finding something that really is enjoyable to them and um, trying to just help them um, exercise through that activity and i i'm very um, pro belief on i do it with them so uh, maybe lola's riding her bike and I don't like bike riding, so then I jog, or Oscar goes on his scooter. So we try to do it together, um, but there's other times where we do things separately. Um, as, a, as an adult who tries to uh, exercise regularly, kind of my go-to is, is swimming, which is not possible at the moment. Maybe, maybe if the Wisconsin lakes ever warm up, that'll be a possibility. <laughs> Um, so, but we have this rusty basketball hoop sitting in our driveway and, uh, I've, I've learned to not be too self-conscious about being this old guy shooting baskets in my driveway. <laughs> and yeah, you know, it, it's, it's kind of cool to do something that you're not, uh, that you haven't done for a long time and, and kind of get back in touch with it. Uh, which maybe uh, Michelle, why don't I come to you with, uh, switching gears just a little bit, I, I think that is a concern for some people. Is they they maybe were physically active at a at a club or something like that, uh, but now they can't do the stuff they're used to doing, and and maybe they're even hesitant to go outside a little bit. Uh, what are some strategies that people could could uh, uh, follow at this point that would allow them to, in a simple way, stay active uh, in a new environment? Well, what I keep telling kids, people, um, is that any type of movement is better than no movement. So if you're not feeling comfortable with going outside, there are tons of online resources that you can use and you can work out within your home. Um, and finding that 
activity that you're going to enjoy, you might have to try a couple of different ones. And then once you find that activity you like, hopefully you can find some different versions of it. So someone who might not want to do a lot of cardio might join or do something with yoga. Um, so again, any type of movement is going to be a benefit. Um, so I try to just make sure that I even sometimes self-talk, you know, maybe I'm not going to run today. I'm a runner. I also, it's to find a routine. Like if I don't run right away in the morning, I'm not going to run for the day. So trying to establish that routine, I just have to get up and do it. Um, my husband, on the other hand, he's a PM exerciser. So he comes home from work and that's what he does right away. So establishing that routine, finding what's going to work for you, um, and being willing to try new and different things, um, I think is huge as well. I will piggyback on what Michelle said. I think that, um, you know, a lot of us, I think I talked to our high school kids about fitness being um, a lot of identity based and group belonging. So people will do, you know, they go to Zumba classes and they, they don't mind looking silly in front of other people that are doing Zumba or they go to the gym and they work out with people that, you know, talk like they do, think like they do, et cetera. And now some people have kind of lost their identity uh, in that because they can't go to those same places. And I think the biggest thing to do is still try to find a way to connect with the people that you maybe have been working out with and, and setting up you know, some sort of accountability um, partnership, but realizing, like Michelle said, you know, I'm a runner, I run. Um, I think just if you can broaden your idea of the fact that you're fit, you know, that may allow for you to kind of change your frame of mind about if I'm a fit person, if I exercise, now I just have to change. I don't have to peg myself into being a runner. I can do a yoga class. I can do some of those things. And I think for some people, it also may allow them an opportunity to work on their um, deficiencies based around some of those things. So for example, if I'm, um, if I'm a, a runner, I may want to now think about doing some extra strength exercises and this would allow me some time to do that. Or I'm only someone that works out in the gym and I have a lot of strength, but maybe I don't have great cardiovascular capacity. I may think about running a little bit more on a daily basis. So I think there's a lot of opportunity um, you know, just it just a lot of it's going to depend on how you can reframe the issue and reframe where your identity is. Um, I, I think uh, the awareness of our our just our our bodies uh, and how those relate to uh, our diet, to sleep, all of that stuff. I think is something that uh, hopefully we can all be a little bit more aware of. Uh, in the middle of all of this stuff. Uh, I also think of physical ed education and physical activity as, as fun. Um, as teachers, I, I would imagine you have some uh, 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 games and activities that are among your favorites. Uh, can you think of any that would be kind of suited uh, to this particular situation uh, for families at home. Uh, Michelle, how about you on that one? Um, so that I think has been the hardest struggle for my elementary students is they want to play the game with their friends. And right yeah. now, and I've had the question 
um, Mrs. Bond, what are those videos you send us? So we made some jump ropes out of plastic bags because as a teacher, we have to assume the kids don't have equipment. So um, the kids are having a little bit of a harder time because we have so much, um, we have such a good school district. I have so many different pieces of equipment. We have lacrosse, golf, we have so much equipment and we're able to work together. So um, I don't have, I don't know that I have a go-to game for at home, but the thing I keep saying to the kids is, you know, with the jump rope, if that was something that was hard for you, then why don't you take the time now to practice that? Um, the golf courses just open up in Wisconsin and I have a lot of kids who have some interest. I have some kids who have done it and then some kids who hopefully maybe that's the new sport that they go out and try um, because that is something that we can all do. So I think just making sure that you are finding some sort of activity. I think the game piece of this is a little hard. We have children who are you know, an only child um, and then maybe they can do something with um, their parents, but an actual like buy ed game, that was a tough um, thing to come up with. So it's more sports, golf, tennis, the activities that you can do, fishing, biking, hiking, all of those activities, taking advantage of this time now to focus on those. Great answer, Michelle. It was a little bit of a stretch of a question anyway, but I thought I'd throw it out there. Joel, you got anything to add to that? that well, if you, no, yeah, I don't think, well, the Nellis family has gotten particularly good at four square. Oh. Um, because you can't go on playground equipment, but if you go to a couple different parks or, you know, areas like there is Foursquare, you even, you know, had it out there, you know, taking a piece of chalk and, um, you know, put it in our driveway. So I think, you know, that's where we're, that's where we're getting good um, these days. And again, that depends on the number of people you have in your family. Um, you know, I think we still always, even at younger ages, still just want to keep working on those locomotor skills and, you know, having people, you know, hey, run, skip, jog, shuffle, slide, you know, even little things you can do with your kids on a even weekly basis, you know, you can do, you know, some version of a tag game is always still fun. Um, and there's a lot of different online stuff like Go Noodle and things like that to get kids moving inside. You know, I think that the hesitancy sometimes, while well, my kid's on a screen all day, why well, put on another video? But I think sometimes those tools will get, you know, they, they get the stimulus that you're looking for. They get the heart rate up. They uh, they get smiles on kids' faces. They're silly songs. You're moving around. So, um, but yeah, I think in terms of just general movement stuff, and it's not the one other thing I would say is you know we with the different age groups we were playing basketball, and it wasn't going that well. And then I'm like, my son's like, let's play lightning. And I'm like, well, no, that won't really work because you'll win. And and I'm like, oh, what about around the world? And so we kind of went to around the world. And I think you just have to, the one thing I would say to parents, and I think this is something that is hard for me to do in teaching is sometimes I just, I just say, just say, I don't care about this rule. I'm going to change it. You know, like I'm going to change it. Like, I don't really, like no one's going to care. No governing body is going to call me and say, you changed this rule in your third block class. Like it's not going to matter. So, um, you know, we, we were able to, for around the world, you know, have different distances for all three of the kids that made it uniquely difficult or challenging for each one of them. So don't be afraid to take a game and modify the heck out of it if it fits your needs. If it gets, gets moving and it's fun, then do it. Wow. 
What that's a to me that's just a great insight because I, I think especially with sports we kind of end up being rule followers and you know half mm -hmm. the reason for this stuff is to have fun so change the rules mm -hmm. so that it's fun for everybody yep. who's a part of it. I'm I'm uh, thinking Michelle before we went started recording you were talking a little bit about dancing with your classes I think you should just share that with people who are listening. Oh yeah, we have a wonderful dance unit. Um, it actually started with um, another Fayette teacher, Dave Lukak at Swanson, and it's just developed. We had a parent who taught us all these different line dances. And so I carried that over when I went to Tonawanda. And um, I have to say not all of the children love dancing, um, but they still, they'll still participate. And so what we've been doing is having Zoom dance parties. So. I set up the Zoom um, chat room and I'm able to see all the kids and I'm able to lead them. And so I'll just take requests on what dance they want. And then we have a little dance party together and the kids really get into it. Um, some bring their strobe lights and disco balls and different dancing attire. So we have a lot of fun with it. Wow, awesome. That, just, that sounds great. I appreciate both of you for your creativity and stuff like this. Hey, Joel, as long as you're on, I have to ask you, since you coach football, what do you think? Is there going to be a season uh, this year or what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I think that uh, the, the best news that we have currently is that there is no news and that no one has since made a decision about, you know, what could happen three months from now. Um, so continue to stay optimistic. You know, my biggest thing is trying to make sure we make the right decision that, you know, keeps everyone's safety in mind um, while still understanding if there's an opportunity to, you know, take advantage and, and play, we will. Um, so, you know, I think the best thing is a lot of coaches in the area are collaborating and thinking about what it could look like. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors at play, but I think the nice thing in our community is that we have the right people to ask the right questions to. So, you know, starting with our coaches, our coaches are 100% um, willing to come back and, and coach. Uh, the next thing will be meeting with, you know, we are fortunate to have three parents or doctors on our team and, you know, connecting with them and deciding, hey, how do you feel about the situation? What are the numbers saying? Um, I just think we just need to make really informed decisions because um, no one wants their sport or district or school to be a villain in any way, shape or form where, you know, your contact leads to someone else being seriously sick or ill or things like that. So, um, you know, I'm optimistic with the time frame we have. I know it may, you know, it is May May 2nd um, and football is supposed to start August 3rd. You know, so I feel with the time window that we have and even if it started later, you know, the biggest thing I think all coaches want the opportunity to do is, um, if it comes up late and we get the go, like just allow us that opportunity. You know, allow us to be, allow us to have a chance. You know, don't shut us down before. If it if it had to be, it, it would have to be. But um, you know, don't tell me, don't tell us. You know, at the middle of this month that there's nothing happening in October, September, November, that sort of thing. So, I think all of our coaches and, and people that are in that community are optimistic about our opportunity for the fall. But obviously, you know, we're we're doing our own work to make sure that we're doing the best things possible for for kids and for safety. Thanks, thanks. That that's really well said. And I think in in all of this, in so many walks of life, uh, if there's any benefit in this, or one of the maybe potential benefits is that 
uh, we are talking more to each other. I think we're more aware of people's different circumstances and situations and that uh, a viewpoint sometimes is held because of uh, things going on in your personal life. And I'm, I'm, I've been pleased that people are more aware of that and more able to kind of work on it. Hey, maybe as, as one kind of last uh, thing that each of you could kind of uh, speak to is any place that uh, adults, parents, or kids, older kids at least, uh, could go online to, to learn a little bit more about all of the stuff that we've just been talking about. Uh, I'll throw that to you uh, first, Michelle, if you can. Um, so some online resources that we've used is Work It Kids. Um, Joel mentioned Go Noodle. Right now, Beachbody Kids is free to everyone, and they have a whole assortment of different workouts. Um, but like we've said this entire time, you have to find what works. And honestly, I am not someone that's going to use any of those resources. Um, I'm going to take every advantage I have to get outside. Um, I have a sister in Colorado who has four kids. And um, what they found is they just made an investment and bought um, the mirror, which it hangs on your wall. And then you're able to then decide the different workouts. It has Pilates, yoga. So it's really what fits with your family. And I know not everyone has the resources to go buy equipment, but knowing that we might be in this for the long haul, um, if that's something that your family decides, you know what, the only way we're going to be active because we no longer have our gym membership is by getting a piece of equipment, that might be the best thing to do as well. But for those people who don't have the space or cannot make that purchase right now, there are tons of online resources and there's always the option of getting outside and um, utilizing our beautiful Wisconsin weather. Cool. How about you, Joel? Um, you know, we typically order equipment from a company called Gopher, like the, like the Minnesota Gophers. Um, and they have provided and rolled out a lot of different free online opportunities um, for people. I was going to say, you know, the Beachbody um, is another one. There's also a lot of good stuff even just on YouTube for doing some research. Um, I think that, you know, staying in, in tune with social media, I think there's more people that are trying to produce more content given the unique situation. Um, I will try to find, I had a, I had someone that I follow on Instagram that I can't find at the current moment and they're putting out, you know, daily lessons and things like that at home. I believe it's like PE Dave. So I think that if you are looking for, I think Gopher would be a good place to start because there's a lot of good places to link if you're looking for activities to try on your own. Um, so I think that would be, you know, some really good stuff. And again, just finding what works for your family and just even creating opportunities to go for walks and things like that. They seem like, oh, why do we do this? But, you know, I think it's a good opportunity to walk and talk as a family. And I think the other thing that will just be helpful to parents is maybe setting some time and creating a schedule and building in like, hey, this is the time we're going to be active or outside, you know, no matter what. And obviously in our fun Wisconsin weather, that can be challenging. But um, the more you can try to stick to that, I think the better off, you know, everyone will be. So, yep. And I, I think people are getting that. I've been so struck in our neighborhood uh, at the number of people who are just outside and they're walking, they're biking, they're just out in a way that they haven't been previously. Kind of a cool discovery, the beautiful outside. Michelle Bond, Joel Ellis, thank you so much for being with us as a part of this conversation today. 
Uh, also part of the conversation who you haven't heard has been Muriel Otto. She's kind of been in the background uh, taking care of uh, technical stuff. So Muriel says her uh, hellos as well. I'm so glad you joined us on Belief Beat. Uh, listen anytime you want off of our website and stay healthy, faithful, and well. Goodbye for now.